From across the Midwest, this is Opinions Anonymous, your new favorite podcast. If you can't get enough of us, check us out online at opinionsanonymous.com. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and remember, everyone has an opinion. Ours are just better. Hello, and welcome to Opinions Anonymous. Welcome to our August 29th episode. I know we took a couple weeks off. It's, you know, we didn't unexpectedly retire like some other people do out in that world, but we are here. We're here. We're ready. We're not mentally drained. We're here to help you not be mentally drained. This week, looking around the room, we have probably the best looking guy here and Ladies, he's single. Andy. Andy, how are you? Uh, not as mentally worn down as some other 29-year-olds out there. I'll say that. <laughs> I guess. And we have the second best looking guy here. Ladies, he's not single. I don't know if he cares or not. But other Luke, what's up? I mean, I may not be the best looking, but I am shirtless. So I think that gives me a couple of bonus points. <laughs> and i of course am luke point l and we have probably the greatest episode you're ever going to hear tonight right other luke i mean you you feel me i'm all in all right we're going to go ahead and jump straight into some emails danica from green bay said that 110 years ago alice hewler ramsey became the first woman to drive across the country It took her two months, and it was basically on all gravel. But she wants to know, what is the furthest we have ever driven? Yeah, I'm glad you read this like very carefully, because I didn't. And I was very shocked that (laughs) the first woman to drive all the way across the country like just happened. But it turns out it was 110 years ago. So glad I caught that note while reading the, uh, the notes here. Uh, I'm I'm actually a big fan of driving places as opposed to like flying if it's feasible, like to drive there with, you know, like within reason, but definitely don't try to do like a drivable trip and then the return trip in one day. I did that for, uh, I I had a a work thing come up last minute in Pittsburgh, uh, which is about five, six-ish hours drive for me from Cincinnati and didn't really have time to book a flight or anything like that. I was like, oh, I'll just drive and didn't really even think about like, I'll just get a hotel or something like that. It's just like, oh, I'll wake up way early, drive out there. It's just a couple hour engagement and then I'm coming back. And I did that and it was literally the longest day of my life. It was god awful. I woke up at like four in the morning and drove out there to, to get there by like noon and I did. And then I was was doing some stuff for work for like three hours. And then I left and drove home. And I I didn't like have any problems being tired or anything like that driving back. But there was about a four-hour stretch in the middle of it where I just wanted to drive off the side of the road and just end everything. That's common for people who go to Pittsburgh anyway, I think. So I that's, <laughs> that's not really – I don't think it has anything to do with your driving. However, I did the exact same thing. I drove to Nashville, so I drove like four and a half, five hours, whatever it was, had a four-hour meeting and drove four and a half, five hours back, and that's when I decided I will fly everywhere I go, so 
as you know, I've been flying back and forth to Chicago. I literally refuse to drive even to Chicago anymore. So no more driving for me. Seems a bit extreme, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you've been choppering around just to from your house to work recently, right? Is that is that what you mean? Instead of driving, I bought like a several million dollar jet that I just am using by myself. <laughs> if, yeah, if anyone in the area that Luke lives in has seen like a man hang gliding a lot recently, <laughs> that is uh, that's him. So just, you know, say hi. Huh. There is a dude that flies overhead sometimes. It's like a seat attached to a parachute with a big fan on the back and he's just flying through the air. I didn't realize it was Luke, but uh, yeah. that is interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't have any big long driving stories. Probably the longest I've ever done is like driving to Florida and splitting it with somebody, you know, so like what, six, seven hours, but definitely not there and back in the same day. Yeah, I guess that the important distinction is like other Luke, your your trip to Florida or wherever, if you have like a bunch of people to split it up, that's really not that bad. When you're doing a long drive like that by yourself, it's just just the worst even just having the people to talk to would make it so much better yeah exactly and and like i'm not about to uh, be on the phone with somebody or anything like i'm not like calling people just on my drive to to have someone to talk to right i'm just listening to a hundred of our podcasts to try to bump those numbers up (laughs) you got me i was gonna make a plug if you have a long trip coming up you are gonna be driving Throw on Opinions Anonymous. Maybe listen to some oldies. I did that on the way to uh, Dale Hollow this past weekend. I, I had somebody else with me, and it was a captive audience. So I was like, you know what? It's too quiet in here. We should listen to some podcasts. So we did for in the entire five-hour trip on the way down, and then he made me walk on the way home. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, Man, you listen to probably every podcast we've ever done if you had to walk the whole way back. Yeah, I definitely did. Twice, actually. Okay, moving on from our long drive stories, our next email comes to us from Vince from Austin. He says that Matthew McConaughey was recently made a professor by the University of Texas, but he's actually been teaching a film class at the university since 2015. Uh, So he wants to know what's the best class that we took in college. So that's pretty easy for me. Well. I took bowling twice, but I don't really count that as a class. Uh, Did you fail once? (laughs) No, you could. It was only one credit hour, so you could take it like up to three times and it would still count. So I when it came to my last semester, I needed one more credit hour. So I was like, screw it. Let's do bowling again. (laughs) My favorite were the people who took walking. I'm like... You, you took walking as a as a class? You're like, yeah, it's a one credit hour. I'm like, no, that's that's. And how did you still gain 25 pounds? Come on, I don't. I didn't even want to walk to class. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it just sounds miserable. But as far as actual classes, my favorite actually involved films as well, and it was called Geosciences in the Cinema. So basically it was, you had class Monday and Friday and on Wednesday you had a lab, but really what it was is on Monday you'd learn about say tornadoes 
on Wednesday, your lab was watching the movie Twister. And then on Friday, you'd have like a quiz. So a majority of this class was literally just watching famous movies. And there was a McDonald's right across the road. So you just go grab dinner, go in, watch a movie and get credit for it. I love that class. How, uh, in general, how accurate were those films to real geosciences? That's what we, the million dollar question that we all want to know. Um, hit or miss, but actually the Twister one, our professor was friends with like the scientists behind the film as, cause like apparently there was a scientist on the payroll or whatever, you know, to make sure things were as accurate as possible. And he just randomly happened to be friends with the professor. So, I mean, that was pretty neat because he talked to the class as well. But I I really don't remember much about the class other than we watched some movies. <laughs> remember a lot about uh, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, but not much about actual, <laughs> yeah, uh, what, geology, I guess, geosciences. Yeah, I, and the greatest thing was if you'd seen the movie before, I mean, you didn't even have to go. You could just look up the answers to the because they give you a worksheet to answer questions as you watch the movie i think you can find information about twister online if you're really <laughs> not wanting to go sit through it yeah you can just go to the imdb page instead of like <laughs> taking class notes you know what they should have made a class in college uh running up the stairs every five minutes to check on your kids while they're crying and they should make it <laughs> three thousand credit hours and after you take it you should just jump off a cliff that's that's the class they should have made. Maybe you would have been better prepared for that if you took that walking class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's actually the 200 level walking class. It's walking yeah. upstairs. <laughs> I can't believe walking was a class. So, Luke, you mentioned bowling. I felt like Purdue had like the worst slate of like phys ed and just like random classes like that that i like we had like bowling and like golf and i i think that was pretty much it for like like phys yeah. ed classes that would be fun uh I, I know my my brother who went to ohio state he took ice skating and then like ice hockey and there were like maybe like three or four levels of that class and i was like wait it, what you guys have that and he's like yeah it's pretty easy, but like I like I, I I was my mind was blown that that was even an option. Just like taking a class on team sports, you know, uh, I was extremely jealous. All right, we'll jump into the next email. Joey from New York says Lego celebrated Friends' twenty fifth anniversary with a one thousand seventy piece Central Perk set. He wants to know what's the best Lego set we ever had. So we were we were a big Lego family growing up. Just had like a lot of the cooler kind of old school sets, I guess, in like the early '90s. And then they started to buy like a bunch of movie properties and put out like Marvel and like Batman and stuff like that, which probably would have been cooler. But I was way too old, not way too old to be playing with, with Legos. You're never way too old to be playing with Legos, but I had lost interest in them by that time. So I was a little jealous of like my youngest brother, 
But we had some of the, the the older ones, which I thought were pretty cool. Like we had a a pirate ship, which was pretty awesome. It had like these three big kind of custom pieces that fit together, and then like this whole like uh, like mast and like rig like sails and rigging, like actual like little like tiny ropes that you could set all the sails up with. And I don't remember it ever being actually completely built because those strings and sails were like destroyed. I think almost instantly as soon as we got it. So it was maybe never, I, I never got to see it really complete or at least still remember it, but it was, it was really cool, you know, in my mind. There are 60 billion Lego sets in the world and you and I have the exact same favorite. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like by far is my, the one I remember the most because it was, yeah, it was so cool. You could have like the cannons out the side of the pirate ship. You had the nice skull and crossbones as the flag. You know, if you took care of your Legos, yeah. that flag lasted at least a day or two. And I mean, there were some other cool ones. There were some other cool pirate ones that were like Treasure Island. And they had, I like the ones with like the hidden doors or whatever. I also had an entire town, like an entire Western town and Native American tribe. And they had teepees and stuff. The teepees lasted about as long as those flags did on the ships. But it, Legos were great. Like I, we had tons of Legos. My brother had all the car ones. And I'm like, dude, you're boring. Like my people are going to walk to the general <laughs> store. They're going to rob a bank and they're going to ride in, a, in on the Oregon Trail, you know, horse and oxen. And yeah, it was great. The covered wagon. There I loved Legos. You're you're like cars. Those are lame. I'm gonna have my people walk to the store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't have cars in my time. I loved Legos so much. I took pictures of mine and submitted them to the Lego Magazine to try to get it in. Oh, we had a subscription to Lego Magazine as well. Yeah. Yes. Other Luke, were you? A Lego family. Well, let me guess. You were a kinet kinetic family. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I totally wasn't into Legos when I was younger. Like I had some Lincoln logs, but that was about it. Um, <laughs> su surprisingly worse. enough, like like as I get older, like I'm more a lot more interested in Lego sets now. The funniest thing is when they announced this friend's 25th anniversary set, my wife actually sent me a picture of it and said, we need this. So, <laughs> like, I don't, I almost view it as like a puzzle. Like, I love doing puzzles. I love putting together big Lego sets. But, like, when I was younger, I, I wasn't into it, and I wish I would have been. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious. I, I haven't done much with Legos in the past, I don't know. 20 years more or less but I, I i do remember like some of them were i feel like difficult to put together maybe for like you know a child younger than 10 but uh I'm, I'm a little concerned that if i would like go back to it i would still be just as dumb and like not be able to put some of them together just because i'm an idiot so i'm a little nervous about going back to it two things one they're really difficult to put together when you uh, were an eight-year-old and you like threw away the booklet after you put it together because you thought you never need it again. And then the next time you're like, huh, not sure where this goes. Or when you do like I did several times and I thought it was a great idea because it'd be really cool. 
and you just throw every Lego set you have together in a box. And then the scavenger hunt for the correct piece becomes 10 times harder. Yeah, there's something magical about spending like 30 straight minutes digging in the bottom of a huge like plastic container for that one two piece that has one stud on the top of it that's perfectly like the right color that you need for this one. Yeah, to try to find the left arm of the guy who's wearing a t-shirt that's white on top and red on the bottom. (laughs) All right, so that is the end of our emails today. We are going to move on now into some interesting news articles we've seen throughout the past couple of weeks that we've been off of here. I found something really interesting. It was a medical breakthrough, actually. They found this, there was this child born without any eyelids. And that sounds absolutely awful, but they got together this team of really great doctors to to figure out, okay, how do we give this kid eyelids? And it turns out that they decided that when they circumcised him, they would just use that extra skin and form eyelids, which I thought was brilliant. So they perform this procedure, they go out in the waiting room, and they tell the parents, Everything went fantastic. Just one minor issue. From now on, your son is going to be cockeyed. (laughs) Oh, Christ. Did you guys see any good news articles this week? (laughs) All right. uh, In the news recently, my boy Drake, he's back. I mean, not only did he get professional photos taken with the Larry O'Brien trophy, which were phenomenal, but Drake also got a new tattoo, the iconic Beatles album. He got it tattooed on their arm, the one where they're walking across the street. However, there's a fifth person in front of the Beatles, and it's Drake. Drake is better than the Beatles. I think he's telling the world. <laughs> I think that's my favorite part of this is he... Yeah, he had to put himself in front of all things. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was something supposed to symbolize the fact that he passed them on some like weird record all time thing, but regardless. How <laughs> how what's the word I'm looking for? I mean maybe narcissistic. <laughs> Wait, is Luke talking bad about Drake? I was inviting you guys in. I no, I don't think that. <laughs> I'm really I'm guessing your true thoughts are that Drake should have put himself even further ahead of the Beatles. Yeah. He's on the next yeah. street over. One step, Drake, come on. I would actually I would love it if he had a ta- like a similar tattoo for like basically every <laughs> artist that he passed in, I don't know, whatever it was, like album sales or whatever. Like it just hit like just a string of like random one hit wonders that he's in front of early in his career. Then later on, bigger name artists, bigger name artists. And then finally, it just leads up to the Beatles. Yeah, Drake is the only person to have a tattoo of Chumbawamba, Jay-Z and the Beatles all on his body. All right. Our man, maybe not yet, but he will be. Bernie Sanders says if he's elected, he's going to reveal whether aliens are real. Is this the best campaign ever? Did it swing our votes? Can he not now? Is he not? <laughs> is he like? He's just not on any of those Senate subcommittees that deal with 
extraterrestrials. Like he's the, I mean, he just looks insane enough that I'm not saying that Bernie Sanders is insane, but he just like kind of looks like the type of guy who is weighing on aliens and that they would be like, yeah, this guy probably needs to be on this subcommittee. This this is almost the weirdest presidential headline since Kanye West <laughs> talks to Donald Trump about freeing ASAP Rocky from a Swedish prison. Like Bernie Sanders <laughs> says, if I'm elected president, I'll reveal whether or not aliens are real. But, really, Bernie? I kind of think he's a mole. He's trying to dissuade people from storming Area 51 next month. He's like, no, no, don't worry, guys. I'll just let you know everything if you vote <laughs> for me. He's like a he's a plant by whoever runs that facility. They're like, we got to get people to not show up to this thing. See, I'm actually glad that this is on here because I did not see this headline and it's it's possibly swaying my vote because I was actually on record at, during <laughs> the previous election. It was on Facebook, so I won't hide from it. I actually sent out a message saying I'm I'm actually thinking about supporting president. Trump for president because he's so blunt and honest, he would probably reveal the truth about aliens. That was my entire reason to possibly support Trump. So why wouldn't it be my reason to support Bernie? I, uh, so this, uh, I'm kind of with you other Luke, like this is swaying me dangerously close to actually voting. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke more than I'll ever be able to laugh. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> good cover <laughs> would there be a bigger moment in any like what could possibly overshadow if a president was just like you know what fuck it here's all of our evidence on on aliens like that would be the biggest thing anyone's ever done ever like bernie sanders could literally find a way to give everybody free health care and then it would still be like miles behind revealing that aliens exist. That's like the, that would be the craziest thing. What if this part of his campaign gained a little traction and that's all the people talked about and he actually gets elected and in his first act, he's just like, no, they're not. <laughs> it was all a big JK. <laughs> I listen to way too many conspiracy theory podcasts to believe that. Basically, all of my conspiracy theory podcasts are talking about how they've been conditioning us with, like, you know, releasing all the evidence of, oh, the government's been looking into UFOs and different stuff like that. And they're slowly revealing it to finally reveal the big thing, you know, because they can't just reveal it all at once. There'd be mass hysteria. But maybe this is the end game. Maybe Bernie's the guy. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like, fuck it. If Bernie makes the president, we're fucked anyway. I mean, just tell him. Uh, so, so much of this is our, our somehow our most political podcast <laughs> that we've ever done. And it's about whether or not aliens, aliens exist. Very on brand. Uh, over the past few weeks, the Little League World Series has been happening. And it because I know that like the kids in that are a. Are they 12? Really? Do we believe that? But they're like 12 year old, 12 years old and, you know, like a thousand times better than, say, me, a full grown adult at baseball, which I've never played baseball. So not really that surprising. But it did get me thinking, like, what? So in my best sport, what is the 
what is the age age range where I know that I'm better than everyone that is that age? Does that make sense to you yeah, guys? Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll start it off and give you an example. I think that I am better at shot put than any eight year old. There's probably some jacked nine year old that That's could fair. outthrow me, but like I feel like there's not an eight year old in the world. <laughs> They could throw a shot put farther than I can. I, I love it. I love it. You think there's that, there's like, there's only got to be one nine-year-old. There's only got to be one nine-year-old who can go out there and huck it like 50 I mean, feet. There's probably some nine-year-old that's like already <laughs> six, eight, and like 250, but he's he's still a little uncoordinated, but he could figure it out enough to get it past me. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Shot put was not, man, that wasn't something I was expecting to to show up here. But I, that's that's a great one because it's literally just like a, it's like a feat of strength, <laughs> right? It's so perfect for this. Andy, to be fair, you and I doing shot put combined couldn't beat most six-year-olds. Oh, no, not at all. I don't even know if I can lift one. Yeah, I definitely couldn't go with anything that involved <laughs> athleticism like basketball or no i i couldn't even keep up with a six-year-old probably they'd run circles around me and hit a layup like so it had to be something that involved strength or size you think there's some nine-year-olds who are better than you at bowling i mean you took a class twice probably (laughs) five-year-olds better at bowling than me at this point (laughs) without bumpers the kid putting it on the little ramp that just all right, Luke.0, your thoughts. I bet I can drive my car better than any five-year-old in the world. Every one of them. Okay, all right, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying specific, like, are you saying that you are a better, I, I want to bring this back to, this isn't just something you're better at than any specific age group. Like, if you're going to do that, you have to say, I'm a better, like, race car driver than... Any five-year-old, which I know isn't true because, you know, there's those kids in like the little like go-kart races that just kick ass. Yeah, that's true. I Yeah. I, I So your example here, Andy, are you, I don't know if you're going to use it, but I would I'd call BS. I'd throw a flag immediately. I guarantee you there are 11 year olds out there that can beat you at basketball. I don't maybe like playing basketball to like 600 because the 11 year olds are going to get bored. They're going to like want to go do something else and you could just stand out there and drain threes at that point i really don't know what i could be like i I was thinking golf but then you have these prodigies like tiger woods when he was three probably could have kicked my ass i i don't know i I have to get creative that's a good so that's a good example like at what point does it become impossible for someone of that age like is it two is it like you have to be able to walk to play golf pretty well you have to be able to stand up so is it that low for you (laughs) so also for the for the listeners who aren't staring at our notes, I put a, for example, I could beat every 11-year-old at basketball, but not every 12-year-old. Nope. I put that in there as an example and was nope. going to uh, surprise you guys with the joke that I think it's probably like seven versus eight. Like, I'm probably better than every seven-year-old, but there's probably some eight-year-olds out there that are good. So, way to way to ruin that one. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was totally fine that you did that. But yeah, I, I mean, I think it's like the games of skill like that are are very, very tough. Like, because there's a certain like, yeah, I'm physically, I, I could physically 
be better than a lot of like really young kids, but like I'm just not good enough at basketball as some of these kids who just are ingrained in it their whole lives. It's a little depressing when you think about it. I'm thinking something maybe with Frisbee, like kids throwing Frisbee, it's kind of hard for them to coordinate. And I'm a pretty decent Frisbee thrower. There's probably something there. I don't know what that age cutoff is. This is this is the probably one of the best questions we've ever had. Not even an email, just a, just Andy being smart. Yeah, if only some random person from some random place had sent this in as an email, a totally not made up person. Yeah. I mean, it, it even says maybe an email on there. <laughs> it's it's a this is the kind of thing that like I'm at the point where I want to be like googling top basketball players at like age nine to see what they can do, <laughs> but I'm a, like scared of it. Like it, it's something that like it's fun to joke about, but at the same time, like I if I'm serious about it, I'm like I mean, come on, nine year olds, like I'm. And then you saw the one dunking. Yeah, I don't know at what age that starts happening. Like, does it, it like people are hitting their growth spurt at like eleven, and then all of a sudden they're six foot tall and can dunk? Like that kid's better than. Him. Like, if I tease that down to ten, is there a ten year old out there that's that's athletic enough that it could beat me? I don't know. Beer pong, maybe. Ooh, beer pong. <laughs> Uh, and if well, not, if if not throwing the ball in the cup, definitely having to drink it afterwards. I could probably beat every eh, ten, eleven, twelve borderline. I think I have. To, Jesus, you haven't been. You haven't <laughs> seen Russian twelve-year-old drink. <laughs> I uh, so I think I think we have a definitive answer on this though. But it's we just hold. Hold the beer pong. If there's a beer pong game played in a police station, yes, then I yeah. can beat every 20-year-old, but not every 21-year-old. Probably not any 21-year-old at this point <laughs> in my life. And then after we beat every 20-year-old, we get off and speed away and then get arrested. and It's not really fun anymore. All right. That's hitting a little close to home for this guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of being at a police station, I, I would love to use this as a transition into our next news item. And I want to get your, th your guys' thoughts on this. So we have, I don't think we have confirmation on it, but we may have had the first crime to take place in space. And it was an astronaut was stealing her wife's identity while aboard the International Space Station. Your thoughts? My first thoughts, what? <laughs> yeah so apparently there was a an astronaut who is estranged from her wife and she was accused of i, I think it was like impersonating her and contacting her bank and the like it was from the computer on board the international space station that this happened so <laughs> we may have someone being prosecuted for a crime that took place while they were in space for the first time ever thought you were going to say she stole her wife's identity to like get onto the aircraft or the spacecraft and then like she wasn't even an astronaut at all she just got up there <laughs> so, wow can you guys believe that neil armstrong is going back into space four years after he died <laughs> that would have been a more a amazing story than just like a lady who's like <laughs> i don't know from the sound of it just nosy about what her almost ex-wife is doing 
So my question to you guys was, do you think this is actually the first crime to be committed in space? Uh, no. Have you ever heard of the fake moon landing? That's got to be like, <laughs> that's fraud on so many levels. Yeah, but that didn't occur in space. That occurred in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Maybe one of the male astronauts floated past a female astronaut and accidentally rubbed up against her. Um. <laughs> yeah, this is not counting the thousands of sexual harassment suits against NASA. So this is pretty wild. How do you how what's the jurisdiction on this? Like, I mean, if you could you can do like some pretty crazy stuff in international waters, I'm led to believe by television and movies. So like the space is international too. Come on. <laughs> this is outside of any any governing body's jurisdiction. Uh, two things. One, we used Dale Hollow while I was there that last weekend as international water. So I think anybody of water that you just say this is international water counts. So I think you're. I think you're good there. <laughs> <laughs> two, up on the moon, like there's there's not declaring <laughs> international. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can do, if you declare it, it's fine. And two, up on the moon, there are no laws. And so, I mean, did she do anything wrong? And and even better. Why don't they put her into a in a prison on the moon? Hey, you're not you're not coming back down to Earth. Nope, not with that record. Hey, last I knew, there was a U.S. flag up there. That's on the moon. So that's on the moon. That's not orbiting the planet. On it's literally called the International Space Station. So it has to be. It's it's in international space, my friends. That's true. I think she's scotch free. Can can you prove it was her? How do you know it wasn't one of the other people on board? It's a good it question. A... I feel like that thing's probably covered with cameras pretty much, right? Because like NASA <laughs> needs to know what's happening on there at all times because it's a like multi-billion dollar space station. But if you're wearing that big suit, can you even tell who's in there? Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. I, there's so many questions. You don't win. <laughs> Didn't you ever see Apollo 13? You don't wear the huge suit all the time. You just wear like a jumpsuit. Not in my head. Uh, all right. I, I'm excited about the first crime in space. I can't wait to see what happens. I'm a little intrigued about the implications of international space and whether or not like now that tourist space flights are becoming like closer and closer to reality. Take someone up there you want to kill, and you can kill them in space. Feel like you really get off scotch free. Well, with that, let's move on to our our next news item. This may be our last news item. Luke, I'm very sad, very very sad, because Marvel and Sony have been fighting over spider-man's inclusion in the marvel cinematic universe and it's looking a lot like sony is not going to let him be a part of the mcu any longer it's very distressing because he's been an integral part in the two event latest avengers movies his own two movies are heavily uh heavily feature you know Mar marvel slash disney owned characters and it's a lot of people are upset about this. A lot of people are upset about this, uh, including me. So, I mean, do you guys have any feelings on 
Spider-Man possibly leaving the MCU. Well, I've got a, a couple of opinions. I I don't follow the superheroes as much as you. This still baffles me because how could you ever get bigger than being a part of the unstoppable train that is Marvel? Like I I saw a meme out there of the Austin Powers like why make billions when you can make millions? And like that's kind of what I feel like does Sony think that they're better <laughs> off without Spider-Man being a part of the biggest thing going right now? It just doesn't make sense to me. I think it's probably less of a like what's like their their thing is less, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. It, and it's probably more of a like, hey, you guys are kind of fucking us out of this. Like, fuck you. We'll take our ball and go home. I just need to know what this does for Gwen. Uh, I, potentially brings her back into the picture of Sony's that's, going. That's all I need. Going to go their own way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough to. I don't know, kind of tough to continue some of the, the story elements for like if Sony just goes off on their own with the the upcoming coming Spider-Man movies. But they uh, 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 those those elements aren't the hugest part of the story going forward, perhaps. So I, I don't know. Maybe they can get away with it. Maybe they can't. It's it'd be a lot cooler if they were together. That's all I'll say. And I, I, I think we can kind of wrap this point up. Well, should we go ahead and move on to our top three? I think so. It looks like this week we have top three fictional athletes. Really excited about this. <laughs> you guys don't mind. I think I'll go ahead and jump into my top three to start us off here. Number three, I don't know that it's the best fictional athlete, but I have a lot of respect for multi-sport athletes. So I think I've got to start this one off with Air Bud. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Great pick. Really, really good I, pick. That is a fantastic pick. I mean, you've got basketball, football, soccer, baseball, volleyball. Like, what sport can this dog not play? And literally, what rule can't this dog ignore <laughs> to be able to play, like, a high school sport somehow? I don't know. But, oh, man, Air Bud, lovable, great. The number one unanimous selection, if yeah, you ask like, me. Our previous question, what sport could you beat everyone of a certain age at? Like, you can't do that against dogs because Air Bud will beat you at every single sport, regardless of age. Yeah, but I think you can put dog years into effect in this case. <laughs> so, like, if it's a two-year-old dog, you'd be 14. So I think you're pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure straight out of the litter, he was better at me than every at everything. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and move on. Number two athlete on my list is going to be Billy Hoyle from White Men Can't Jump. Which, uh, which was he the white man? Yes. <laughs> Awkward okay. looking, goofy white dude <laughs> out on the streets hustling a bunch of black guys playing basketball. I... I don't know why, but I loved that movie as a kid. And I think that's why I always tried to be like, oh, I can shoot threes and then bricked him off the side of the backboard. Cause like, I wanted to be like Billy Hoyle. 
Well, since you guys don't love my number two, I think you will love my number one, because if you don't, I don't know why we would consider ourselves friends. And that's going to be Benny the Jet Rodriguez <laughs> from the Sandlot. <laughs> I mean, not only was he a great character, he also went on to play for the Dodgers. Like, one of the few fictional characters that went on to, like, actually play in the majors. So he legitimately had skill. And I may not have had PF Flyers when I was younger, but every single time I got a new pair of shoes, I would run around the house and say, look at me, I can run faster and jump higher. Like, The Sandlot was such a good movie. Benny the Jet Rodriguez was the man, and that is my number one fictional athlete. Solid list. I, I will say that uh, in that movie, De Nunez never gets enough credit because he did have some time in the minors, as they say it in the <laughs> movie. So good for him. <laughs> and you, I also have a question about PF Flyers. Are those shoes that actually existed, or did they only come about because of the Sandlot movie? Well, I, I feel like that's kind of the same question of, was Turbo Man an actual action figure, or did they just make it to go along with the movie? Does it matter? I still wanted one. <laughs> I'm so close to doing an Arnold impression right now, and I can't get it out. <laughs> Turbo Man. <laughs> get the mailman. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Great list. Great list, Luke. Uh, Luke, do you want to go? Yeah, next? I think I'm ready. Uh, mine, you know, I, I wasn't even worried about you guys taking mine with this one. I think we have very different tastes, and I knew that I wouldn't know who half of you guys were, so I'm, I'm pretty confident here. Number three on my list is Peter LaFleur from Dodgeball. Cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. <laughs> See, I'd still argue that White Classic. Goodman was a better dodgeball player. Yeah, 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 but Vin Vince Vaughn, <clears throat> far superior in every way. Again, this is top three, not who's got the better stats. Yeah, exactly. All right. We're not arguing goat here. It's it's just top three. There's no rules. Number two, you're going to get a two for two. It's a little bit of a bonus here because I couldn't pick one without the other. And you could argue a third, but I'm just going to stick with two. It is Joe Cooper and Doug Reamer. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. I completely forgot about them. Absolutely revolutionary. You could play that game today and it would still be the greatest thing ever. I don't know how it didn't take off a little bit more. I really don't. I Well, so Coop was on my list. However, I, I didn't, I'm not going to put him on it because I felt like they didn't, for the guys who literally invented the sport and were the best at that sport, they didn't win a lot of yeah. titles. Tough to argue. And number one on my list, actually a little bit of a, you know, I joked around with the first two, a little funny, but a little bit of a sentimental pick. One of my favorite movies of all time, Crocodile Dundee. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> uh, Billy Chappell from For Love of the Game. Kevin Costner plays Billy Chappell, the baseball player. A great movie, just a great story, pitches a great game. If you've never seen it, just check it out. Good pick. You could really just say, you could say like Kevin yeah. Costner. Actually, Kevin Costner might be cheating because he was like literally an athlete. Like he played baseball in college, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, Roy McAvoy, a definite honorable mention for me. But I, I, we won't get into those. Andy, go ahead with your top three. All right. Um, you guys have taken a few off of my list, but 
uh, as per usual, I have quite a long list. So um, we'll jump right into it. Let's see. All right. My number, my number three is going to be Stretch from the <laughs> NBA Street Series. Of <laughs> nice. It's not legal. <laughs> He's fictional. Nothing He's said it had to be John. movies. You're right. <laughs> it's a great pick. The the 70s, <laughs> like, get up, the huge fro. I, you literally just stood in front of the basket with him and just blocked every shot that came through. Stretch is amazing. Did you hear that, Andy? Like, Andy had to reassure himself. That was a great pick, you know? <laughs> it was a good pick. And totally makes sense. All right. Uh, for my number two, Happy Gilmore. Of course. Uh, from the movie Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, I, I was trying to look it up. <laughs> Literally the best person to ever golf in work boots and a Boston Bruins jersey. Um, and my number one, I'm going to go with he, this guy. I mean, I'm, we're all about multi-sport athletes here. This guy was literally, he was like a childhood idol to me. And that is Vince LaSalle from Recess. <laughs> the most dominant force to ever step foot on the playground. <laughs> In kickball, in basketball, really anything that they did, Vince was, uh, I mean, he, he was amazing. He was the only reason that the fourth graders ever ever did anything, ever won anything. So Vince is, is my number one of all time. All right, three great lists. Who did we leave off? Who did we miss? I've got one here. I noticed all of our lists were males. So I think we've got to show females a little love here on the best athletes. So to to represent them in my honorable mentions, I have Icebox from the Little Giants. Very good. Very good. I I have in my list of honorable mentions, I have uh I have uh Reggie Rocket from Rocket Fantastic. Power and Lola Bunny from Space Jam. Both great so, examples. Those those are more of favorites. More of favorites for personal reasons, maybe than for uh, of the actual skills. <laughs> Two huge childhood crushes of mine. Um, another, I have to throw this one in there as an honorable mention, and she's gonna kill me for saying it. But before we got on here, I I was talking to my wife, and I I told her what the top three was, and the name that immediately blurted out of her mouth was Jeffy from The Ringer. <laughs> a, a, what a what a pick out of from the clouds out of nowhere i mean i loved the pick it wasn't gonna make my top three but i thought it was fantastic but like i said she might kill me for actually saying that on here that's a perfect honorable mention that's exactly what we're looking for an honorable mention uh yes the man who's a con artist and joins the special olympics fantastic representation <laughs> I'm surprised you, considering I said stretch, I'm surprised you didn't uh, immediately jump in with this guy. But if we're talking video games, fictional athletes, Pablo Sanchez. Oh, so just good. Just the absolute, speaking of speaking of a ringer, holy shit. So dude. good. Pablo Sanchez is amazing in, uh, in backyard baseball. Like, he was so unfair. I almost have to pick Pete Wheeler just because Pablo Sanchez is so good, it's not even fair <laughs> to put him in the conversation. 
<laughs> Speaking of the kids cheating and being older than they say they are in the Little League World Series, wasn't, wasn't Wheeler supposed to be like 16 in those games? I probably. All I know is his head was like four feet tall. <laughs> Bet you can't hit a touchdown. <laughs> Anyone else on your list? No, that's all I've got. I mean, we could go on for days about fic- fictional athletes. Uh, and I will. Uh, I'll, I'll run through the remainder of my honorable mentions really quick. Um, Shane Falco, Keanu Reeves character from The Replacements. Great quarterback. We have uh, Adam Banks from The Mighty Ducks. The rich kid who joins their team. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Oh, I said Lola Bunny, the Charles Barkley monster from Space Jam, because <laughs> that guy was unstoppable. <laughs> I have, I have. This one's kind of a tie. I, I see Lance Harbor from Varsity Blues was Paul Walker's character, and he was technically better, but he loses points for getting injured. Uh, that's not a, a risk I want from somebody on my team. So Lance Harbor slash Johnny Mockton from Varsity Blues. See, I, I, I have an issue with that. Because I, I was actually thinking about Varsity Blues, and I will still sit here and tell you that Billy Bob is the best player on that field. When he says, put me in, coach, I can block it. Do you see how many players he just runs directly through? Find me, find me anybody that can like actually do that. Nobody, because Billy Bob is amazing. You bring up a really good point. Linemen never get the credit they deserve. Question, is Varsity Blues problematic now because Billy Bob just gets concussions all the time? They scanned his cat. He's okay. <laughs> he went through the proper protocols uh, after, but that's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple more from my list really quick. Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. Uh, we've got Wild Thing from Major League. Uh, Rocky, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, 19,000 movies made about him. Um, and then probably, I mean, this guy really should have made my list, but uh, whatever the name of Little Bow Wow's character from Like Mike was. <laughs> <laughs> it is it was an unstoppable force. Oh, and this one I didn't even have written down, but I guess Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year. All all solid choices. Yeah, really good. Luke Point out, do you have have any honorable mentions? Uh, Andy, a couple that I I heard your movies, but I think you picked the wrong characters from the Mighty Ducks. Greg Goldberg should have been your pick. And from the replacements, you know, maybe Nigel the Leg Gruff should have been your pick. <laughs> I mean, he did a, a, maybe the best character arc. <laughs> he decides to screw the mob over and still, you know, make the game winning kick. I guess I guess I do have one more. I feel like it wouldn't be a complete list if somebody didn't mention Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher. Oh, great. Great pick. I can't believe we left him off. A little known fact for you guys. There actually is a 
not in Hall of Fame website that has, you know, fictional athletes, fictional supporters uh, in terms of like contributors and then veterans uh, as well. And every year for the last three years, you're able to nominate and there's actually a fictional athlete Hall of Fame. Two right, separate well, games, which was that's going to do it for us and for 2. this 5 and one point five and two point five each for listening. Like Make sure to go ahead and, and subscribe then it also includes to a different game that was on the Apple after. Podcast Store or the Google Play Store. So yeah, it's just kind of. Uh, and while you're doing that, go ahead to, and rate us five stars. Of course, five stars, nothing but five. Luke, stars. you sound like <laughs> and leave a nice review. Getting dressed. I just heard his zippers. Yeah, if you want to follow our social media accounts, we are at opinionsandnonpod.com on Twitter and on Instagram. What I've, and our website what is opinionsandnonpod.com. A lot of great content over there, including our before merch you, uh, store. Before you, you can get some great one, Opinions Anonymous so gear. At you. Go Just check instantly that out. out of the gate, and I can't um, believe I didn't see it coming. Had a, a lot of fun. Glad to be back after my mentally worn down joke. Even though I literally put something in there about there. you this <laughs> week. About we had that. other Luke with us. That was literally <laughs> what I like, held up the podcast And I've been Andy. Thank you, everybody. Look up, because I wanted to get the quote exactly right. I just had to throw that out there. We can retake it if I need surely to. An, <laughs> surely an outtake. Retake. We don't retake <laughs> stuff here. That's right. We don't retake things. Taking a class on team sports, you know. Uh, <laughs> I was extremely jealous, but I really don't know how to finish that statement. Anyone else feel free to, t- to chime in. That would be great. Now you know what it feels like to have an off week. <laughs> I kind of had a general idea. <laughs> I had a general idea of where I wanted to go with it and got there about the second sentence in and then was like, ah, shit, I got to keep going. Fingers crossed. It was a funny joke, Luke. I'm, I really tried. I'm to, proud I, of I tried, you. I tried to do something a little longer this time. I, I was trying to step out of my uh, comfort zone. I liked it. You don't ever have to explain yourself to us. You can be yourself here. It's a safe place. You don't have to try to justify the segment that <laughs> Luke randomly threw at you one day and said, come up with a joke every week. <laughs> Are you in the Illuminati? I am not. It took you a you really can... long time to answer. Yeah, yeah. That is almost suspiciously as hell. Long. Trying to trying to figure out who you were talking to, if it was me or me or other me. <laughs> if it was me or the uh, NSA agents listening to us right now. Thanks for listening to Opinions Anonymous, mate. The podcast that reminds you everyone has an opinion. Ours are just better. Cheers.